What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I'm here with Casey, and we are talking about episode four of The Walking Dead. The title of the episode is Rendition. And this episode begins where we left off with episode two with the Reaper attack, except now we're getting it from Daryl's point of view. At the end of episode two, we see that Daryl and Dog chase after one of the Reapers and they go back to what looks like their compound. And um, got to bring it up, of course, because people saw it. We said it. We knew Leah was going to show up back in this episode. So you know, Daryl is in the woods and he is attacked by one of the Reapers. They fight. Dog. Can Dog please stop running off? He likes one of the kids. He's like, Carl. Yes. Sit your ass down. You mean Rick Brown saying, Dog. Dog. (laughs) Every time you turn around, Dog dog needs a leash. Dog needs a leash. He was helping. So, you know, he started attacking one of the Reapers and the Reaper actually, um, I think what happened was the Reaper threw Dog and that's how Daryl ended up losing him because here he comes, he's surrounded by other Reapers. And then as he steps up, one of the Reapers that was coming from behind, you know, it's two of them walking together and one of them kind of stops the other. I was like, yep, that's Leah because she stopped when she saw his face. So I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the story we're getting. <laughs> the ex-girlfriend is one of the murderous band of whatever they are. So I will say the reintroduction of Leah at this point, it is very interesting. So what we find out is that this is the group that she was with before she met Daryl. You know, she talked about in that 10C episode where we found out where Daryl was for a couple of years and him meeting her. She mentioned this family that she had and she got separated from them when they got attacked by a walker herd. So this is apparently them. These are some people that she served in the military with. And then after the military, they turned mercenary. And Pope was the leader. And Pope is the guy who was mentioned to Maggie, you know, Pope is going to find you or something to that effect. And so we get to meet them because Daryl is, of course, captured. You know, there are certain things that we can expect within The Walking Dead. That's that dog is going to run off and Daryl is going to be somebody's, like, how many times has Daryl been? Somewhere. Yeah, either either a prisoner or he just ends up with a group that he doesn't really want to be with and he has to kind of assimilate in order to survive because that's what happens here, you know. But at first he's captured. Now, first of all, before he gets captured, when the group surrounds him and he's fighting. He actually makes his escape. And then we see him digging in the guts of a walker and like, oh, girl. Oh. Not this again. I think they're like being dirty though. Because <laughs> he was scrubbing down good with those yeah. walker guts. Like, like it was body So anyway, that lone reaper, the one who kind of held the other reaper back, we see that person tracking him. And of course, at this point, we know it's Leah by now, especially when they do a close-up on her face and you can see her eyes. I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely her. So she happens to see Dog. And then at some point, Dog is barking. 
and Daryl hears it in the distance. I'm assuming Dog, when he realized who that was, he was barking with joy, like, hey, hey, my mama is back. Right. So Daryl comes across her and Dog. He thinks that she's about to hurt Dog, but I, I mean, Dog is just sitting there chilling. Like, hey, how you doing? He's like, okay, yeah. um, you know, just let the dog go and we'll be cool. Dog doesn't move. And then she reveals her face. Bad dog. Well, Bad I mean, dog. that was his mama. I mean, he is loyal, at least. We do know that. When she revealed herself to him and he was looking at her, I was like, okay, this is going to be the moment of truth because I was thinking she was going to say like something smart ass about him leaving her or something. And we don't exactly have that confrontation, but Daryl looks like he's seen a ghost. He's like, wait, what? Huh? Because one, this is the person that he cared about that he was planning on being with for a long time. And then two, Mm -hmm. to have her reveal herself as part of this group, you know, Daryl was doing some fast thinking. That Maggie them so afraid of. You know, he was doing some fast thinking, though. Yeah, well. That's one thing I will say about Daryl. Daryl thinks yeah. quick on his feet. So when she starts asking him questions. But Daryl also know where his loyalty lies. You know what I mean? Because Rick was his brother. Because he knew them. He knew Rick, Maggie, and them before he even had a thought of Aaliyah. Right. You know, so... He not finna betray her. Mm-mm. He gonna he, he gonna do exactly what he did. Give you just enough so you think that I'm helping you. But at the end of the day, because hmm, Daryl, like he said before, even when Negan tried to say, "What's my name, Daryl?" Mm-hmm. My, my name ain't Negan. I'm Daryl. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, Daryl. He he. I mean, he done been called enough that hell. Even this time when he get caught, and they drag him. You see him pacing himself on his hands. Yeah. You know seeing where his turns is mm-hmm. and how many paces it took to get. I said, all right, I'm getting up out of here. <laughs> He's like, y'all will not keep me. Because remember when he was in sanctuary, he didn't know where to go. He was kind of fumbling around, found rooms, you know, here and there, but ended up, you know, he ended up getting out. out. Right. But he was like, I ain't doing that again. <laughs> I know. So, of course, like we say, he gets captured. He gets taken back to there base camp or whatever she starts questioning him and then they start questioning him of course the guys who are with her are total assholes you know you should have killed them and blah 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 it's apparent that she is someone of importance within that group because she's walking around she's Mm -hmm. kind of giving the orders and i don't know i think from the beginning of the episode when we see her when she sees him i feel like At that point, maybe her loyalties are starting to be divided, you know, because maybe she was with this group full on loyal before she saw him. But did it seem like to you throughout the episode that she was kind of, I don't know, it's almost like she was banking on the fact that maybe he could help her get out. I mean, she does still seem loyal, but there was a little bit of hesitation in her action. In the beginning, I didn't think she was trying to get out. In the mm-hmm. beginning, I was thinking she want to see if they'll let him stay because, you know, he's going to be tested. So in her mind, she was like, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, especially after they had that conversation where he was like, I came back for you and you were gone. And um, to, in my mind, she was kind of hoping that, oh, he'll stay here with me rather than, you know, move on how he's been, how she knows him to right. move on. So, but it wasn't until the end 
you know, we'll get to that part, but it wasn't to the end where you could kind of see where she was looking at Pope, kind of like, you know, if you did old thing with old boy, she was kind of like, the fuck? You know, like, this ain't, this ain't what we about or what we're supposed to be mm-hmm. about. You know how people find the flaws in their leader, you know, she's starting to see that. But that was my thought. I didn't think at any point she wanted to leave I thought she wanted him to stay and she it, it so much has said that you can be you can become one of us but you know Daryl ain't becoming mm-hmm. nobody for nothing she she should so. know that too you know she should but didn't she know about Maggie or no because back then he only talked about his brother I think I, I'm, I'm looking for my brother I think he may have told her maybe about Carol but think about it at the time that he was with Leah Maggie had already been gone for a few years at this point, so there wouldn't have been any reason for him to mention Maggie except for maybe in passing, but he probably never used names if he talked about them, you know, except for maybe Carol because of how important Carol is to him. But, you know, she, she does start asking him about them, you know, what about your family? the ones who you told me about, were they who you were on the road with? And he was like, my family crossed the wrong people a long time ago. He wasn't lying. <laughs> he didn't lie. Yeah, he's not about to give his folks up. But this episode was just so interesting because, like I said, we meet Pope and he turns out to be this radical type person. You know, like I said, they used to be in the military. Then they turned mercenary. He has issues with the government. That was apparent. And then he starts going into the whole God saved us and we're on his mission. And I was just like, oh, is he about to be another one of these? <laughs> Do not drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I don't know. I guess it's just, I don't know. I guess for me, of course, again, me not being religious, looking at the show and what it's done over the last 10 years, I understand the concept of faith. I really do. But if you've been walking around in the zombie apocalypse for the last 10 years, I'm going to be hard pressed to say that there is a higher power and this is his will. Also, everybody's just supposed to be walking around eating people. and But, oh, that's, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but, yeah. Pope is one of those people. And the people who follow him, you know, I didn't realize this how it was. And I don't think I ever got that inkling from Leah when we met her in that 10C episode, probably because at that point, maybe she had lost her own faith. You know, she'd been separated from her family. She had lost the child that she called her son. And maybe at that point, she was just like, okay, you know what, whatever. Because she was living on her own and she preferred being that way, I guess, because of everything going on. So I don't know how it was that she reunited with them, whether they found her, whether she went looking and found them. I thought she said they found her. But did they find her in the house or did she she leave after Daryl left? And say, okay, well, you know, because you know what? She was pissed off when Daryl left. She could have been like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to be here if he decides to come back, which he ended up doing. Of course, she was gone. Because, I mean, if you think about it, remember we talked about it. Like, she had a whole table set in that cabin, like a table and some chairs. And there was a little bit of furniture. But when Daryl went back, all the furniture was gone. It was. Yeah. Everything was gone. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe they did come back. I'm assuming they knew where she was. I hmm, 
I don't know, because she had been on her own for a while. So maybe Mm -hmm. they came across her as they were, I don't know, looking for stuff. I mean, it just, I don't know. I guess we'll find out more about that group and their connection to her. But we know, like I said, she does exert some kind of authority within that group because she's bossing the guys around. And even the one, I can't remember what his name is. He keeps challenging her about Daryl, you know, like, oh, you know, we should have killed him, but you want to spare your little boyfriend or just, you know, usual dick. Oh, you mad? (laughs) Right, exactly. You mad? You mad or little mad? That's all I I can say. Oh, you mad? Oh, you mad? Seen one guilty, you mad. Right. (laughs) Yeah, he was mad. Mm-hmm. They also had, so, you know, they put Daryl in a cell and there's somebody in the cell across from him who knows him, but I don't recognize him as anybody who was on the road with them. So I'm wondering, is that someone that they captured? So I kept looking like... Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if that was somebody that they captured when they t- took Meridian, but judging from what Maggie says, they don't generally leave people alive. They usually wipe out the whole... But the other thing too, I don't know, because I'm, and I know what the show is trying to do. They're trying to make Leah seem maybe not necessarily more likable, but maybe more sympathetic so that we do have our loyalties divided as far as whether or not Daryl should stay with her, bring her back with him. You know, they're trying to pull on those strings to see how we're going to do and how Daryl is going to do. So I was sitting here watching the episode and I was thinking, okay, so is she part of the group that goes and actually clears out these towns? Like when they find people in these communities, is she one of the people that goes in and just kills them willy nilly? Or is she one of the people that kind of stays back and she does reconnaissance or she does, you know, I'm just kind of wondering what her role is in the group. Because if you think about it, the ones that are there right now i don't think that's meridian where they are because it doesn't look like a community like maggie described so obviously there's right. some other people in meridia did you get that because hmm. it didn't look like if you think about the way maybe that's like their base camp i wonder because because they have cells right because my thought was when they were talking about it i figured that was more like a base camp because to me that would be the place that would like you have to go through here to get to Meridian and they're stopping people from getting past this okay. point. You know, kind of kind of like a choke right. point. So you got to get past this point to get to the other place. So these are the people that are left back. You know, these are our strongest fighters. We have them up front. Okay. So if, if somebody get past them, then, you know, they can get to the not so strong people who are protecting this city that we've taken okay. over. So they would still have access to the food and, you know, resources that they have. Because you see when they were coming up the street, how they were lined up in formation Mm -hmm. coming up through that street, which is what you would do when you're trying to protect your space. So they're showing their force by, okay, we're going to put our strongest and best people up front so that when people come or try to come, you know, down the street with the bodies hanging all upside down, that they'll be, right, (laughs) that they'll be you know, number one, afraid. And then when once we show up and, and jump out and start attacking, no, if you can make it past us, then okay, you know, we'll see, you know, what happens after that. But for the most part, most people probably don't make it past that point because yeah. the way that they attack them, 
I'm sure they attack everybody like that. And of course, we know our group. We know they've been in it for a long time. We know they're survivors. So, but if you come across a group that's not as strong as them, oh, they're going to wipe them out. And they, the threat is gone to them. Yeah. But, you know, I will say this. Um, they don't have the numbers, if you think about it. They don't. Because, I mean, unless they got a gang of people at Meridian. Right. But I mean, we only see a handful of people here with Leah, maybe I would say less than 10. And then pretty much everybody who mm. was in the fight with our group, only two of, well, technically speaking, only one of them came back. Bossy mm -hmm. came back and he had Turner on his back, but Turner was already dead. So right. they don't have the numbers. Now, if Daryl can just kind of get that information to our group, they might have a chance. But again, our group is back at Alexandria. They're starving. They're weakened. So they're not really in prime fighting condition right now. Right. But they could be if they got access to the food and supplies. And You're right. But, uh, I don't know. And you never know. Because even though, like, Leah's steady asking him, where's your community? How many people you got? towards the end hell she may be looking at that as an out like mm -hmm. you know here's another safer place for me to go away from all this craziness that i have going on and then i can have my man you know <laughs> i don't know about all that but <laughs> no in her mind yeah in her mind you know what i mean because you coming and sitting outside my cell talking to me trying to be all sweet and shit to get information we know these games mm-hmm and Daryl knows these games. I mean, think about it. He was held prisoner by Negan's group. Right. And I'm sure he probably told her some of that, you know, while they were together. Because mm -hmm. they were together, what we say, a little bit over a year that I remember. So mm -hmm. maybe they didn't talk about that kind of stuff, but maybe they did. Because for him to open up to her the way that he did to the point where he considered staying with her and not going back to the group, not going back to Judith, not going mm -hmm. back to RJ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had to share some confidences. So I'm sure he told her something about what he's been through. Right. And maybe that's one of the reasons why she right. was sitting outside his cell trying to talk to him, trying to reason with him. She's like, okay, you know what? Maybe I can break him down this way. Maybe pretend like I still care, which, of course, I don't think she's pretending. I think she does care about him. Right. Oh, yeah. That part is true. Just at this point, she's kind of in a difficult position because if she knows Daryl the way we think she knows Daryl from the time that they were together, she knows Daryl is not a pushover. And she told Pope as much. Right. He doesn't have fear. He's not scared of death. And that's one of the things why she said he'll be good here. Right. But Daryl is not the type of person that you are going to beat into submission. So all of the torturing, the waterboarding, that sort of thing, that's not going to work with him. He's not going to give his people up. Right. And then when she goes to Pope and she tries to convince him that Daryl will be a good fit. I don't know something about the way Pope was with her. I think he's just appeasing her, but I didn't think he was actually going to welcome Daryl in until they set the fire and what happens did you think the fire was she, initially? um yes and no because if you think about it well so what happens is leah brings daryl back to the shed where he was being questioned earlier because pope says he wants to meet daryl he wants to see you know what daryl's about so the two guys who are with her, they leave out. And then when she tries to go out to get Pope, she realizes the door is locked mm -hmm. from the outside. And then she sees liquid coming in from up under the door. 
And then you see somebody light a match. And of course, it's gasoline. So the whole shed is on fire. So at this point, she's already untied Daryl. So he's loose. Mm -hmm. So they have to fight and figure out a way to get out of there. And of course, Daryl figures out a way to get out. He gets Leah out and then he comes out. And then when they're outside, they look up and Pope and all of the rest of the crew is there. And it's something about the way Leah looks at him. I don't think she was expecting that. She seemed genuinely scared for her life. Mm -hmm. And then when she looks up at Pope, you could kind of see like maybe a flash of either hurt or anger or fear. Like, I can't believe he did this to me. And then she straightens up real quick and then she walks over to him like, oh, this was a test. I don't know if she really believed that that was the case, <laughs> but yeah. she knows enough that she's smart enough to know that she needs to save face if that was the case. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this, he, he was never going to harm me because he does seem like one of those leaders where if you ever question what he does, he's going to throw your face in a fire, which we see he does that later on with, with <laughs> one of the characters. So I don't know. I, I think... He really was trying to test Daryl, but I don't think he told Leah what he was going to do because it had to seem genuine. Right. She had to fear for her life because if Daryl suspected that she was in on that, he probably would have been pissed and be like, okay, now, bitch, burn. I don't care. Right. You know, because he could have easily gotten out of the window himself and just left her. But of course, we know that's not Daryl. That's not Daryl anyway. Even hell, it could have been Negan and he was gonna help him get out. Yes, true. He's not gonna pull a Negan in that situation. <laughs> Just leave it out. But look, peeky right. in that <laughs> I know. Matter of fact, he let her out. But first, you know, he? yes, he did. And that was the whole yeah. thing. When Pope sat down with him, he was like, it was apparent that you still cared about her because you let her out first. You saved her first. Even mm-hmm. though she's part of this group that just took you hostage and blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That Pope, he is interesting. But the other thing, too, I mean, we've only seen him in one episode, and this episode focused solely on Daryl and Leah and the Reapers because Usually we kind of go back and forth between one group and another group. We didn't get that with this one. So we got to see a little bit more about what this group is about. I'm still not too sure about Pope because the way that they are with villains in this series, you have some that have staying power. The mm-hmm. Whisperers lasted for a season and a half. Almost, no, was it a full two seasons? I think it might've been a full two seasons. No, they didn't have... They didn't drag that one out. Megan was two seasons. They didn't drag. It, it was the whole season, but it wasn't two. Okay. Because it was like a season they, and a half. Remember, remember how much everybody complained about how they dragged out the Megan um, episode scenario. Right. And so I think with the they didn't want to do that with the whisper. Yeah. They didn't want to drag it out over two seasons. So it was only one because we had a season finale and then we came back and basically finished them right you know that's what i was trying to think i think we started with the whispers in season nine i don't remember if it was fully season nine or half a season nine but we had them for at least a season and a half the governor we had for the better part of a season maybe just bleeding into a second season so like maybe a season and a couple of episodes but like the terminus people we thought they were going to be really badass and they were what we got two episodes of them being really dangerous 
And then Carol came in and showed her ass and kind of took care of that. So they weren't much of a threat. So Pope, I don't know. I feel like they have a bit of staying power. And I don't know if that's going to... I don't think so. I don't know if that's going to push us into our maybe alliance with the Commonwealth. You know, because like you said, last episode, we did see there was an image of, was it Rosita in some Commonwealth Uh gear? So Uh it's kind of like, okay, how do you connect these two dots? How do you connect Alexandria A and then Commonwealth Z? Like, where do you meet in the middle? So maybe the Reapers are a part of that. Now, I honestly don't think the Reaper will be around for that long. Because number one, we see their numbers are low. Yeah, I was just about to say, they don't have the numbers. Unless, like we said, there's some at Meridian. But they don't have great numbers. And I don't think that he'll last long because of already, once he threw Vossi in the fire, you saw the descent from his people. They were kind of like, what the hell? Yeah. So... I don't know if that's the first time he's ever done something like that, where, you know, you start to see cracks in your leader or flaws in your leader, where you're like, wait a minute, I'm not with that. We 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 already don't have numbers and you getting rid of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he, he had bruises, which makes you think he was running away, you know, because in my mind, though, he was the guy that was on top of Alden getting, and remember, they hit him in the back of the head and he was bleeding. Yes. That wasn't him? I don't know. I need to go back and rewatch the episode because I was trying to figure out because of course he said that they were together. Right. And when Hope started talking about his injuries, he was like, oh, he got injured in the back. It looks like, you know, he was running away. I'm like, that's not necessarily the case. He could have been, well, of course, according to Bossy, he was like, we were side by side when we were fighting. But I mean- That doesn't mean he was running away. They could have gotten caught from somebody behind. Turner could have gotten hit first and fell and someone attacked Bossy from behind if they were standing back to back. There were a whole bunch of scenarios where Bossy's injuries could have been valid, you know, but I think his behavior seemed a little skittish when Pope was talking to him. Yeah. You know, kind of like he knew that he did something that Pope wasn't going to like, that he wasn't going to say it. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah, I left my brother to die. (laughs) Yeah, I was scared. That's the thing, I think, though, even more so than leaving him to die if he ran because he was scared. Because if you think about it, they're coming at Maggie's group with machetes. They're supposed to be these big badasses. And not all of them made it out. Yeah, they killed a good portion of our group, but they also got killed, too. So if you're in that position where you realize you're not the baddest team on the field, you might just be like, (laughs) okay, you know what? I ain't here for this shit. Let me go. But let me take something back or let me take someone back so that it's not, you know, because I would assume that maybe him and Turner were close and it would have been, I don't, I don't know. It would have been difficult for him to leave Turner Mm -hmm. behind and explain that like, oh yeah, everybody fell. I'm the only one that made it back. So for me, to someone like Pope, that was seem kind of shady. Like, okay, we, we just sent 20 of y'all out. Why mm. are you the only one back? But it's also letting Pope know that that group that they encountered, that's not a group to play with. Yeah, they ain't no punks. They obviously <laughs> have some skills. Right. You know, but the other thing too, before Daryl gets taken to see Pope, when he and Leah are there in the cell talking, he gives her a little bit of something to make her say, okay, 
he's telling me the truth. But if you think about the information that he gave her, it's probably no different from the information Bossy would have gave when he came back. Yeah, there was a woman leading the group. There was a preacher because, again, Gabriel has on his collar all the time. Mm-hmm. So they probably realized, yes, there's a preacher. And then there's a tall man, which will be Negan. So he's mm-hmm. not telling them anything that they couldn't find out, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like, tell him, shut up there, shut up. And I was like, oh, he's not really giving them any information. Like, yeah, any of he them be real back, vague. Right, because here's the thing. Daryl doesn't know how many people survived. He doesn't know how many people died. He doesn't even know who's alive from his group. So True. you just give them the basic stuff. Yeah, they had a woman with them, which that was obvious because he saw them. She was like, mm-hmm. that woman, was she the leader? Right. So she, you know, again, we already know Pope has some kind of history with Maggie. I don't know. Maybe he tried to recruit Maggie at some point. You know, I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, think about it. She's formidable. Maggie can hold her own. She has learned a lot since she joined up with Rick's group. So she probably would be an asset to their group. But of course, Herschel might make her a liability in that sense, because for them to do the kind of things that they've done, you can't have that kind of tether, you know? So maybe that's what happened. Maybe, you know, I'm just thinking of all kinds of scenarios because we don't really know what her interaction has been with this group, except that we know that she's on Pope's radar. So why is she on Pope's radar? Right. And you also know, because we know by the story that Maggie told when she was in the train, Herschel comes first. Mm-hmm. She's not giving up and trying to be with nobody else, no other group, no anything to the detriment of her son. Right. So even if he did try to recruit her and you know, she's not leaving her. So she, mm-hmm. you know, so that that was that would be an automatic no go for her. Right. You know. So in that he might have been pissed off by that. Yeah. And then also the method that they take these communities, you know, you go in at night, you kill everyone. I mean, basically, they're doing the same thing that Rick and his group did to the savior. Yeah, the outpost. So that's not something I think Maggie would want to do again, especially yeah, for no reason. Like, she's not going to become a killer for the sake of survival in that sense. Maybe she would now after what she you know, told us on the train, but we don't know when her interaction with Hope and his crew came. And think about it. She did say this. Meridian was not the first time she had been in a community that fell. So maybe it has something to do with every time she goes to a community, I don't know, Pope could be trying to get to her. And then every time she goes to a community, he wipes the community out. She still somehow survives. So he's like, okay, you know what? This bitch keeps surviving. We need to get her on the team. And she was like, nah. Right. Nah. Well, how do you do that? You break a person down by taking away oh. everything that they have built or everything that they have done. And by you saying that, mm-hmm. that's why Leah left dog. That's why Leah left dog. She found somebody who she could leave dog with, but Pope was probably like, nah, no strings. Remember she said, it, in the beginning she had Pope when he, uh, not Pope, she had oh. dog since he was a baby. So prior to that, when she was with her other family, they had another dog and yeah. the boy died. And that's when she found dog. Well, they had, I think she, or not when she found dog. That's when that dog yes. had dog. Yes. So she's had dog all that time. She was emotionally you know, bonded in, to in the, in the hole. Right. So now, but I don't you know, know. like, you got to leave the dog. I think she might, that would be my thought. I think she might've been a little bit petty with dog too, because at the beginning of the episode, 
when she points the gun at Daryl and Daryl's like, look, just give me dog and we'll go. Come on, dog. Come on, dog. And dog wouldn't move. And she was like, ha, that's and funny. And he said, what's funny? She said, I always thought he liked you better. I think that's why she left dog. Because think about it. Uh-huh. Even at that time, Daryl was on his own. Dog found him out the blue and kept coming back to him. And yeah. then eventually dog led Daryl to the cabin where Leah was. You know, and when we first met her, she was very skittish then, like, who are you? What do you want? He was like, look, I just came because of the dog. Like, I can go. <laughs> so I think, right. We yeah. out. Come on, dog. So I think she might have been maybe a little bit jealous because also think about it. When Daryl left, dog went with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah. that was a little bit of jealousy more than anything. But I, I don't know. So I have it playing in the background. And again, they just escaped the fire. And like I said, the way Leah looked up at them, it's almost like, oh, y'all were just going to let me burn. But here's the other thing, too. I noticed Leah is the only female in the group, I think. No, it looks mm-hmm. like, hold on, let's see. Looks like there may be one more. But of course, we don't really get to see her in the episode. They only focus on Leah. Where was she around the fire? Yeah. Okay. So I see one other female, I think. But that person has short hair. So it's hard to tell because you only see them from a distance. But if Leah is the only female in this group of men, then that would also explain why she seemingly has a high position because, you know, for her to be able to hold her own with all of those guys and to be Mm -hmm. in the kind of situations that they were in and she's still there. Yeah, Pope is probably like, okay, you know. And then he treats her kind of sort of in a fatherly way you know like he well not just her but he treats all of them kind of like his children which is par for the course for those types of religious fanatics like his flock is his children Mm -hmm. and he i think he even calls them his flock at some point but again i don't know you know daryl is good for getting information from people and getting people to talk because he's very unassuming like you can tell that Daryl is not about the bullshit, but he knows when to shut up and listen too. That's not something we've always been able to say about Daryl. Daryl was very much a hothead. He can still be a hothead, but he has learned a lot being around all these people, being around all of these different um, quote unquote bad groups as well. True. He's picked up a few tricks and, you know, earlier in the episode before the whole bossy thing comes out, you know, he talks about how they ended up where they ended up how they became mercenaries he was like basically politicians they were writing the checks telling us what to do and we were just props Mm -hmm. to them like they didn't care if we lived or died right and that's when he starts talking about what happened after the fall and that they were all in a burning building and they all survived that fire no scratch no injuries and that's kind of when he had his aha light bulb moment guess what i can do (laughs) yeah and then he says, you were the same. You were placed in a similar situation. And you made it out of the And you got out. You and not only got scratch, out. You ain't got a bird. And you saved her. Cuckoo. Before you saved yourself. Cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I, I'm just curious, like, how, I don't even know if I want to say how nuts he is because him throwing bossy into the fire yes that was very brutal he thought bossy turned his back on his brother and that's how turner ended up dead 
He's like, yeah, you look like you got some injuries from running away. And what does he say? We do not fear. And he throws him in the fire. And it was just like, what? And then not only throw him in the fire, put his foot down on his back so he couldn't get up. So they had to sit there and watch this man be burned alive. You know that flesh had to stink horribly. But the other thing too is I'm impressed. Like we have not seen a walker at all in their area. No, they got the dead bodies hanging up. They probably can't, you know. What is that going to do to a walker? And don't they stink? You know, like Michonne had her walker to disguise her smell. Gotcha. The smell disguised them. But they're still making noise. And like I said, you just threw a man in the fire and burned his whole face off. I'm sure that smell carried. (laughs) Because damn. But it's dead. Dead smelling dead. I guess. I don't know. That might smell like a barbecue to a walker. (laughs) Fresh meat? A barbecue. (laughs) We both went there. Yes. Yes. I miss Bob. Oh my God. Oh, but, um, oh, and this is what happened when he was talking about them being in the fire. He was saying that when the fall came, politicians started bombing town to get rid of the dead and they were holed up in a house or somewhere. And that's, you know, he was saying everything was burning around us, but we were not touched. Like the house that they were in wasn't touched. And yeah, I guess something like that would make me believe in a higher power. I get that. But everything you've seen in the 10 years since would make me question it. But I guess that's also like one of the themes of the story. You know, how how far does your faith go and how far does your faith get you? Because they're still around. Mm -hmm. Their numbers are dwindling now. So I don't know if that whole we are protected by God himself. You know, I don't know if that still works when your people were cut down by this other group, but maybe it's only through fire that they're protected. I I don't know. I don't know. Pope is, he's interesting. Yeah, to say the least. And it's funny because- Crazy. Right. And I'm sitting here- As most leaders are. Well, yeah. yeah, but Except for Rick. Well, Rick had his crazy moments. (laughs) Yeah, but Rick didn't have the whole religion thing going on. Gabriel, maybe. But of course, we see that's not the case with Gabriel anymore either, because in the last episode, Gabriel's like, God is not here anymore. Hello. So I don't know. This group is going to be interesting because like we said, they don't have a lot of numbers. Even sitting around this campfire before Bossy is barbecued, there's not a whole bunch of people there. There's probably 10. But, you know, when Pope starts talking about family, he's talking about, you know, Daryl's part of this family now. He starts pointing at Bossy. He's like, do you know what this man did? He walks 10 miles with his brother on his back. The way Bossy is looking like, oh, why you have to focus on me? Why you have to focus on me? I think that was the reason why he he ended up dead. Because I think. And then remember, he took his food for him. Talk about stop being greedy. Yep. And Mm -hmm. gave his food to Daryl. He knew what he was going to do. It was already in his head. So when he took that plate for him, he's like, I ain't wasting no motherfucking food, though. Yeah, and then <laughs> when he turned Bossy around, he was like, those still hurt? Bossy's shaking his head, and then when he grabbed his shoulders, Bossy jumped a little bit, like, oh, shit, what is he about to do? So, yeah, I think he knew at that point. I don't think he knew he was going to be killed, but he knew he was going to be punished, and I think Leah knew it, too, because she was like, Pope, it's yeah. been a rough day for us all. 
So she was basically trying to, I guess, stand up for the guy, but yeah. she was just kind of say, okay, Pope, let's just kind of take it down a notch. And she tells him he's been through enough. So I think she mm-hmm. maybe had an inkling of what was going to happen. Like he was going to be punished, punished in something. some way. Yeah. But not I don't think she thought he was going to do that. And when he started grabbing his hair the first time and then Bossy kind of scooted back, I think Bossy knew what was coming. So he kind of mm. walks behind him. He goes to the other side, but it doesn't matter because Hope, he's still sitting there talking and he starts giving, you know, the speech. He says, human nature is to run when you're scared. You know what that's like, right? And he's talking to Daryl, but he's kind of sort of addressing the whole group. He was like, it takes divine strength to face your fear head on, to risk everything for someone else. And that's when he was like, you know, we all saw what you did. You rescued Shaw before yourself. You got her out and you felt it, right? And he tells I'm sorry, Shaw is Leah. That's apparently her last name. But he says to her, he said, you felt it, right? How far he would go to make sure you were safe. And, you know, he also says this in the conversation with Leah earlier when he was talking about Daryl. And he was like, yeah, you know, that's just somebody who's trying to get into your pants. And she got offended by it. He was like, okay. He was like, I'm sorry. He was like, but that's someone who clearly still loves you. She said, I never said he loved me. And Pope is like, you idiot. We obvious right we ain't blind in this moment just like we're not blind to the fact that you love him too but he didn't say that but back to his speech today god baptized you in that fire made you one of us and he was like you see daryl face up when he said one of us yeah he (laughs) said there's one thing i forgot to tell you never turn your back on your brother and then he kind of just looks around. He's walking in. Every time he walks in one direction, Boss walks the other way. I noticed that. And he says, God doesn't use his fire just for baptism. <laughs> that, I'm sorry, let me stop. He said, it's also his wrath. And at that point, Boss should have ran. But he literally walks over to Bossy, throws him in the fire. And then, like I said, puts his foot on Boss's back so that Bossy can't get up. And they're all just sitting there watching. And Daryl is looking like, what the fuck did I just get myself into? <laughs> but I mean, Daryl has seen this kind of crazy before. So he knows he's right. going to have to play along to figure out what he's got to do to either get out of there or to try to figure out some way to undermine so that Pope and the rest of them don't go after Maggie and the group. Because again, Daryl doesn't know at this point who's still alive, but he knows somebody's still alive. And even if none of the group that he was with are still alive, mm-hmm. he still has a whole community back at Alexandria he has to think about. And depending on the way that that group is traveling, it's not going to be too long before they come across Alexandria. And right now, Alexandria, had they, they don't even have their walls up. They don't have anything, but still they, they got houses, they have places to sleep. They have horses. So they have a way to maybe start thriving again eventually. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon because of the way the ground is, but they can still survive. And I don't know what it is about the Reapers, mm-hmm. but they keep taking stuff from people who are surviving. So I guess we'll see what they're about. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Mm. Taking from people who are surviving. Negan Jr. Yep. Look how that ended. <laughs> yep, but that's okay because Megan is still alive. And he's not going I mean, like I said, maybe his show of protection for Alexandria is out of self-preservation, mm-hmm. but at least it's there. Yeah. I don't know if I see him, you know, even if they come across them and they give him the option, like, okay, we give y'all the option, y'all can join us or you can die. 
I don't think Negan will join them simply because Judith is in Alexandria. Like mm. we said, we know a lot of things about Negan are true. The fact that he really absolutely sincerely cares about Judith is one of them. Right. So I don't think he would do that. Right. He probably would do uh, something yeah. similar to what he did with the Whisperers. He might join the group and infiltrate and then turn around and betray them at some point. But I don't even know if I see that happening because I think even if he tried to do that, even from an undercover standpoint or that sort of thing, I don't think Maggie would let him right. because right. then that's too much. If he ends up betraying them, possibly becoming the new leader the way he tends to do, then he has mm. some powerful people that he can use to kind of put himself back into a position of power within that group. So yeah, I don't think Maggie would let that happen even if that was what was going to happen. Right. Maggie would be like, nope. So yeah, yeah I don't okay. know. But um, so the next episode looks like we're going back to the Commonwealth, which is I'm cool ready. because I need to know what's going on because it it almost looks like I don't know. We see Yumiko walking into what looks like a bakery. And I mean, it's very clean, very pristine. It has like baked goods. So I don't know what's going on with this Commonwealth, but it almost looks like they're living life the way it was lived before the fall. Right. So I guess whatever it is that they're doing as far as how they're Moving allowing people life. in. Yeah, and how they're allowing people to come in, the tactics that they're using to screen people who come in. I guess it's working because it looks fairly secure. Like they're living inside this Commonwealth with no, kind of like Alexandria was with no knowledge of how things really are on the outside. That's what it looks like just from the images we saw in the preview. So that'll be interesting because again, we see Eugene talking to Stephanie. He's like, look, we got to go help my friends. So again, I'm not, I'm not too sure about Stephanie. Like, I want to be hopeful for Eugene, but at the same time, she's with Commonwealth, so maybe that's part of her job is getting information from him. And like we said, we do know that eventually Rosita is going to be in a Commonwealth uniform. We've seen the pictures of it. So somehow that point mm -hmm. A and point Z meet somewhere in the middle around point M, and we just need to know how they get to that point. So I guess we'll find that out. The other thing... You know, I keep getting giddy every time we see this. We're going to see the babies again because we see Judith training the kids. So I was like, okay, this is about to be good because I'm looking at the screenshot. <laughs> you have Herschel, you have RJ, you have um, Jerry's oldest son. So I'm like, yeah, this is going to be cool because I want to see more of the kids. And this season has 24 episodes to play around. We can get more of the kids, especially since they're older. I mean, think about it. Even though she's yeah. only playing a, what, maybe an 11-year-old, a 12-year-old in this show, Kaylee is 14. So, wow. yeah. So maybe now that the kids are getting a little bit older, we'll see them doing more stuff. Because, of course, more. you don't want to put kids too much into the fighting with all of these big grown-ups. Because technically speaking, yes, Judith Grimes is a badass. I am not discounting that. But... Had right. she been allowed to go in the fighting with the whispers and that sort of thing, she would have died. Let's just be honest. She would have died. So I like the fact that they pulled them from most of that. But now at this point, they almost don't have a choice but to fight if it comes down to that. Because again, the adults are all weakened because there's no food. You know, most of the adults who have kids, they're mm -hmm. probably giving their rations to the kids. So they're going to have to be able to help defend if and when the time comes. Because yeah. remember, Judas was also training with Michonne at uh, Oceanside. Remember, 
they had the kids when they were planning mm-hmm. for the war. Mm-hmm. They had the shields up and they came. So Judith has always been training. Yes. Like she's some type of grown up. But <laughs> now right. to have all the other children. But they're not preparing for a war on the level that the whisperers were. I don't think the kids can't fight the reapers. No, I think right now they're just preparing to help defend because like we said, the walls are down. Mm -hmm. The walkers are probably going to start getting in and they're going to have to fight if they're going to stay alive. But so at the end of that preview, who still has a whisperer hood? Because at the end of that preview, somebody picked up a whisperer mask. I was like, wait. I can guarantee you it's going to be Megan and Maggie because Remember, they're being looked for. So what's the best way to creep around without being seen, without nobody fucking with you? It's to wear that damn mask. Negan knows how to make it. Remember, he skinned the walker. And you know what? I think... And uh, remember, that was part of his training. So he knows how to make the mask. Right. But does that mean... So... I'm, but I'm trying to think because the way it was in that promo... Someone came down the stairs, it looks like, to a cellar and picked up that mask. So my question is, where is that mask? Like, did they go back to Hilltop? And the mask was there? Because remember, they had a cellar similar to that. So did they go back to Hilltop to get the mask? Because I do think I remember seeing a promo image. I don't remember if it was video or a photo of Maggie wearing one of the masks. And I was confused. I was like, okay, but why would they end up back at Hilltop? I thought they went a whole different way. I mean, we don't know where the map of this is, but (laughs) in my brain, if they just left Reaper Town and they dropped Alden off at some random church, to me, they're in a new location. And they're in DC right now. So I understand that, but maybe, you know, sometimes they'll show us images and that when they say next on The Walking Dead, it doesn't necessarily mean in this, this is happening right. in the next right, episode. Right, 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 right. It might be two episodes down the line. So I'm just wondering, like I said, Whisperer Mass. Right. If there are Whisperer Mass somewhere in D.C., like how would that have gotten there? I mean, we know that the Whisperers traveled around, but to that degree, I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious. Like, I thought we were done with the Whisperers, but then you bring the Whisperer Mass. So now I want to know who has no, it, but why, it, but it's honestly do. the perfect disguise, though. It is. It is. It is. So but, I, I think it's going to be Maggie and Negan because number one, Negan knows the ins and intricacies of that. It's going to be them to keep Maggie hidden and get them from one place to another. Hmm. That's my theory. Okay. Now that's what I'm going with. Okay. Sounds like a good theory. <laughs> I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all for the episode. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I got a couple of things I want to talk about. So, oh, what? To, so I went to Dragon Con this weekend, as most of y'all know. Yes. Oh, how were the meet and greets? Oh. I saw your pictures. You know, I was like, oh, no, I got to meet Ross Marquand and Seth Gilliam and Sonequa Martin Green. They are also very nice. Talk to them because of COVID or. How did they? I saw the barrier in the pictures, but how did the? Yes, they did have partitions in the pictures, but it was still like you could still like talk to them. 
it wasn't very long because usually you get to have a little bit more conversation in the autograph line. And I only went to the autograph line for Sonequa Martin-Green only because I couldn't afford her photo prices. She's expensive, but I guess that's what being captain on a starship will do for you. I'm not mad at her. I'll just be more prepared next time because I was like, wait, what? But I was like, okay, so I just, I happen to just be walking through the Walk of Fame and that's what they call the area where the celebrities meet the fans and they can do the autographs there. They can do selfies. Um, Some of these celebrities were offering videos. So like you can take a video of them speaking to someone or you can take a video for yourself, you know, to kind of have that as a keepsake. So those different little things. For Sonequa Martin-Greens, she was also doing selfies, but even with the plexiglass, they were saying that you had to keep your mask on. And I'm I'm sorry, I, I understand wearing COVID and everything, but I'm not paying money to take pictures with a mask on. So I was like, okay, I, I'll just get the autograph. But she was really sweet. She is absolutely fucking gorgeous in person. Like we see how gorgeous she is on screen, even more so in person. Like her smile lights up everything. Wow. So, you know, I talked to her a little bit. Um, I think this was her first Dragon Con because I asked her that. And she said she was loving it. She said she loved the energy, um, just seeing all the fans. And she was glad to, you know, be out and being able to meet with fans again. So that was good. So I did get her autograph. Um, Seth Gilliam, Father Gabriel, he was a little bit quieter and not as chatty, but again, this was a photo op mode, so you don't really get a lot of chance to chat with them doing photo ops because they're trying to get everybody's picture done. So when I got in there with him, I think I did his picture first. He said, hey, how you doing? And, you know, asked me my name and, you know, he was like, oh, okay, nice to meet you. So he, he was really nice. I wish I had had a chance to talk to him a little bit more. I did get a chance to ask him a question during one of their panels. First of all, I complimented him because I said the art that you have done with Father Gabriel, taking him from where we met him to the person he is now, that journey and watching him go through that journey has been phenomenal so I you know complimented him on that because to take someone from being such a cowardly little weasel who left his congregation out to die to be this person who is now a leader in the community and he's like such a badass now like I mean think about it Gabriel only has one working eye right and he is so (laughs) badass you know he's raising a child with Rosita and so yeah it's just I, you know, I gave him a compliment about that. And I just asked him whether he felt like from the character's perspective, from where we meet Gabriel to where he is now and the way that he is when he interacts with Negan, if he felt like his character was fair. And I thought about it after he gave me his answer. He answered my question in a really good way, but it wasn't quite the way I wanted it because I specifically meant the hostility that he shows towards Negan. Did he feel like that was justified? I didn't make that clear in my question, but I still got an answer from him. It was cool. I think it's probably recorded somewhere. I I know that they're going to be posting some of the panels. So once they do that, I'll probably um, link that panel. But yeah, so that was fun. And then Ross Marquand was cool because when we walked into the little area where he was doing his photos, he greeted everybody very, you know, he was very jovial, very, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. 
And uh, when I walked in that day, I had on my Falcon and the Winter Soldier Captain America shirt and my earrings because I was on a Falcon and the Winter Soldier panel that day. So when I walked in, he was like, hey, oh, Captain America, Marvel. I was like, yeah. (laughs) But he was cool. And we did a cute little pose. You know, he used the partition as a prop. So like the people who were before me, we were like holding on to the prop like we were kind of like we're separated by this window and we're like pining for each other like no we can't be separated so it's really cool oh the people who were in line before me so it was a couple black dude white woman the dude was dressed as father gabriel so he had the collar he had the suit and he had a water gun you know a fake plastic gun the girl was dressed as alpha when she infiltrated the carnival so she had on the green dress and the blonde hair and the hat girl I saw her when, picture girl when she walked in he looked down he was like oh nice and then he looked at her he was like oh oh he was stepping back from the partition like mm, mm, like they looked good they looked wow. so good yeah that was a lot of fun and then of course like i said i went to the panel and there on the panel it was ross it was seth it was uh nadia hilker who plays magna and then mm-hmm. Juliana Harkavy, Har- I cannot pronounce her name right, Harkavy, and she was she was Tara's girlfriend with the governor. So she wasn't on the show for very long, but she she was at the convention because she was on Arrow for several seasons. And David Ramsey was supposed to be there too, but he ended up canceling. So I don't know if they originally had planned to put her on the Walking Dead panel or if she just ended up there. But yeah, she was when you remember when Tara was with the governor. Right before he attacked, and they were in the that prison. apartment still. No, this was when they no, had they already gone. Mm-hmm. Tara had a girlfriend. Yes. That was the girlfriend, and that girlfriend was the one. Oh. You know, when Tara was like, "I don't think this is right. We shouldn't be doing this," and the girlfriend was like, "Look, this is going to work out for us because we need a better place, and this is it." You know, Dave is going to lead us there, and then she, she of course, ends up dead. You know, but yeah, so she was on the show too, but the panel was really cool. They answered a lot of great questions. They were very uh, nice, very silly, you know. Um, yeah, it was it was a really good panel. So I had a lot of fun with that. I'm looking forward to doing more though, because I couldn't do a lot in that sense because I was on a lot of panels myself at Dragon Con. But there are some right. Walking Dead specific events that are coming up in Atlanta that Casey and I are going to try to go to. So hopefully we'll get some more experiences with them because like I said, it was very short, but what I did see of them and the little bit of time I did get to spend with them, they were very nice, very enthusiastic. You know, they seemed happy to be there, which, you know, there were some celebrities there who looked like they were not... I don't know. Some of them looked like they were tired. Some of them looked like they didn't, you know, that they were kind of like over it at that point. Aww. But those three, they they seemed really good, really good. So I had fun with that. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad. So next year we're going, me and my best friend, the night you were there, you were posting pictures and he loves He-Man. You had a lot of He-Man pictures of the guys that were dressed up as he it was a he-man skeletor prince adam yes yes so he he said where is this i said oh it's dragon con is this weekend he said what's dragon con i was like it's a convention they have every year blah 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 so i'm showing them the pictures he saw the wally picture and the little robot from 
Star Wars, I, yes. I suppose. And he was mm-hmm. like, and they was working, and he was so, he was like, we going to this. He's like, how come we ain't been to this? I'm like, well, shit, I, you know, you ain't, you ain't say nothing. So we'll be there next year. We told you. Well, no, we he, he never knew. My best friend didn't know. Okay. Because he was like, when I was showing him the pictures, we, like we were sitting there going through the pictures on my phone. He was like, I want to go. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, we could go next year. So we'll be, okay, we'll be so, there next yeah, year. Yeah, so, so make that happen because we're trying to convince Mike to come. And of course, you know, the four of us, we're all here in Atlanta. Lori, she's all the way on the other side of the country in California. And her husband has already told her they are not doing any major traveling until 2025 when COVID should be over. I doubt it's going to be that long, but I do know that Dragon Con is on her bucket list as far as, you know, conventions to go to. So maybe next year things will be better and we can all get together and hang out at Dragon Con. That would be so much fun. Oh, yeah. Hang out as a group. Yep. So, wow. but um, I'll be there. I'll start working now on my on my uh, cosplays for next year because I'm probably do more than one. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. My cat is in here hollering at me, so I guess she's telling me it's time to go. <laughs> do you have oh. any um, final feed me, Seymour? Right. Do you have any final thoughts on this episode? I can't wait till Daryl leaves, breaks Leah's heart, and leaves. You think he's gonna break her heart, or do you think he's gonna take her her with him? Um, I think something's gonna happen, and she's not gonna make it. Honestly, you think so? Because yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if I feel like they would introduce her just to take her out again. I think she might be around for a minute. Again, she has to be around at least until we know Connie is alive, because we got to see some love triangle stuff. Not there. the love triangle again. Yeah. Yes. Okay, maybe that long, but I do think we she's gonna die. A love triangle. Okay. okay. She, may, she may stick around, but she's gonna die. Leah's gonna die. How do you think she's gonna die? Like, do you think Daryl is gonna have to be the one to kill her, or do you think somebody else is gonna kill her, or is she gonna die like trying to save someone? What do you think? Maggie gonna kill her. Ooh. Maggie don't know who she is. Maggie just knows that these people are after her, so she well, yep, she don't true. know specifics on who. And then of course she wasn't there. You know, Carol knows who Leah is, not by visual, but. She knows the story of Leah. So Carol would be the only one who, you know, would have any inkling that, oh, this is who this is. But to Maggie, this bitch been trying to kill me. Her and all her people have been trying to kill me. Maggie ain't going to take no chances. You see, Mm -hmm. she already gave the the chances she had to Negan. Right. This is true. But also think about it with Carol. Carol's not going to take any chances either because she's probably going to be like, okay, I get that you love her, but if she puts anybody in Alexandria in danger, hmm. Carol's going to... Well, Carol yeah. might kill her then. Is this Carol? Because, <laughs> you know, Carol, uh, Carol is a vicious one, Bob. But, huh. The way she went back and sat on the people on fire, like, you're going to take who ring? Yeah, no, no. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know what? I really... I understand Carol and her journey. I do. The more Mm -hmm. I think about it, because I know I've been kind of hard on Carol the last few years, because I'm like, you can't keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I get it. Carol's trying to hold on to her humanity, because I think if she lets herself go, if she lets herself be the person she can be, Carol will be like Maggie says she is now. Carol won't give a fuck. She will burn everything down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's not what she wants for herself. So I get it. I get it, but I do hope we get to see badass Carol again before this series ends. Because this crying Carol is getting on my nerve. 
Right. If we don't, if she's still in this sense, I'm not going to want to watch the spinoff. I don't want to see the kind of Carol that's like scared to fight and she doesn't want to do this and she doesn't want to become this person. I I understand it, but like you, you know said, what? this weepy whiny Carol is, yeah. Mm-mm. You know what? She's going to have to cut her hair. And maybe, and maybe you're gonna have to cut her hair. You know, anytime a woman cuts uh, their hair, like bring the old kid, you can empowerment. Give to, get rid of that hair, cut that, just chop that off. Let all that, all that stress you got built up in your hair, girl, cut it off. Okay. Yep. Yep. I can see it. Okay. Yep. You gotta cut okay. it off. Okay. That's it. The hair is holding her back. <laughs> and on that note, that is it for our show. You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can listen to the Phantom Hybrid podcast on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.